The following podcast is a Dear Media production. I'm Arielle Laurie, host of the Blonde Files podcast, where every Wednesday I cover all things wellness. After nearly dying from drugs and alcohol six years ago, I've been on a mission to live my best, most fulfilled life, and I'm sharing everything with you. From how to achieve optimal health, well-being, and fulfillment, to the best beauty tips and even cosmetic procedures, I cover it all with raw, candid conversations with experts and inspirational guests. Make sure to subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. Hey guys, it's Gobby, and welcome to What's Gobby Cooking in the Wild. We got a little bit of a facelift. If you're new here, I'm Gobby. I'm the founder of What's Gobby Cooking, a best-selling author, and now a podcast host. What's Gobby Cooking in the Wild, which is the latest version of my podcast, is your one-stop shop for all your food and cooking questions. We'll be talking tips and tricks, how to store food, how to put together meals based on what's in your pantry, and more. I'm also going to be interviewing some incredible people and highlighting super cool small companies from the food world. So let's get right into it. This is What's Gobby Cooking in the Wild. Good morning, everybody. Rise and shine. Happy Monday. We are doing a solo episode today. That means it's just me and you. We have no guests. I have a ton of guests lined up for the next couple episodes, but the emails with all your guys' voicemails are out of control. Amazing right now. We have so many questions to get to. So I figured we should just spend a day learning all the things and then we can line up some more guests and have some questions in the coming weeks. But today it is just you and me. We are here to shine. But first, how is it August? Like, how did we get here? I'm just so confused. Summer's almost over. Like, what even is this world? I don't even know what days it is. Like, I just know it's Monday because that's the day the podcast launches. But otherwise, I don't keep track of days anymore. I only speak in kitchen renovation terms because that's my life now. Wild time. Anyways, keep your voicemails coming. There's so many incredible questions. I feel like there's a lot of stuff to talk about as far as summer cooking and produce and grilling. So I'm going to try and answer a ton of them today, but feel free to leave as many voicemails as you want. We can get into all the things. And actually what I love about some of today's questions are they are not all food related. They're a little bit more life and culinary career and all that kind of stuff. Like we've got it all going on. So buckle up. Here we go. Happy Monday. Hi, Gabby. This is Brittany calling from Albuquerque. My question today is about mint. I have so much mint in my garden and I am drinking a lot of mojitos these days, but I want to know what other go-to things are there to do with mint and is there a good way to save mint? Thank you so much. I love listening to your podcast. Bye. Hi, Brittany. Let's talk about mint. I planted mint a few weeks ago. It's part of my attempt to prove Thomas wrong that I don't just kill everything and it's dead. So nobody's surprised <laughs> there. I do keep mint on hand all the time. And I have so many thoughts on this. First, 
One thing I want to talk about off the bat is mint tea. I talked about this a couple weeks ago on Instagram and I got so many DMs like, what is mint tea? You guys, it is literally hot water and fresh mint leaves. That's it. There's no caffeine. There's no actual tea. It's literally just hot mint water. And I drink it most nights before I go to bed instead of like a sleepy time tea or something like that. It is so good. It like calms my stomach when I eat so much food. It just makes me feel very good before I go to bed. I have it every time we travel, which is like basically hasn't happened in years now. But one day again, we will travel and I always order mint tea before I go to bed, like from the lobby bar or something like that. It is money. You need to try it. Okay. Let's talk about some recipes that I am obsessing with recently with mint. If we're talking alcohol, there's a blueberry mint bourbon lemonade on my site from a couple weeks ago. That is delicious. If you don't like bourbon or brown liquor, totally acceptable. It would be equally as delicious with vodka and maybe gin. Like if you, if you had like a really nice floral gin, that would be really good, but not something that's too like, you know how some gin tastes like pine? Not that. Another thing, we make a cilantro mint sauce. It's kind of like the basil vinaigrette, but with cilantro and mint, it's amazing on chicken. It's great on fish. It's great on pasta actually. And like, or uh, grains, that would be another great use for it. I'm going to link all these in the show notes, by the way. So I'm going to run through a couple others. There's a green pizza with mint and lots of spring slash summer produce. That's amazing. Mint is really good with vegetables like peas, asparagus, protein, chicken, salmon, and also like watermelon and peaches. It's just really good with everything. You people forget about it all the time. So anyways, I'm going to link a ton of recipes for mint in the show notes. Check them out. You are going to love them. And so now let's talk about the last part of your question, preserving mint. So here are a couple ways that I like to preserve mint. One, I will grind it up, put it with a little olive oil and freeze it. I do that with a ton of herbs. That way I have fresh herbs on hand all the time. I can melt it and put it into a pasta, throw it into some peas, whatever I want. It's delicious because the only other flavor in there was olive oil. Rip up some mint and put it in ice cube trays with water and make mint ice cubes. If you want to serve that with some of your cocktails and be like very chic. I know some people like to grind up mint and have it sit with white sugar for a while until it starts to go bad. Then you kind of sift out all the mint and get rid of it. But then you're left with mint sugar that if you want to use that to make like mint chocolate chip cookies or something like that. And then the last way I would use it is make like a big batch of mint herbal tea, like actually put some tea and some mint together, let it steep, put it in the sun. Like sun tea is really great for that as well. Just a couple ideas. I mean, that was a lot of ideas, actually. (laughs) Sorry. I feel very passionately about mint. Who knew? Hi, Gabby. It's Katie calling from St. Paul, Minnesota. And I have a question about what to do with leftover chipotle peppers in adobo sauce. I feel like uh, so many recipes, you just use a little bit of sauce or maybe you use one or two of the peppers and you usually end up with a can of delicious smokiness uh, that you still want to use. Uh, but maybe don't want to cook with, you know, every single meal for the rest of your week. So just looking for some tips on what to do with storing them, whether you can freeze them or how long they last in the refrigerator. Love cooking with them and love that smoky flavor, but don't want to waste them. So thanks for the tips. Hi, Katie. Great question. And I do this all the time. And more times than not, I just like leave them in the can, put them in the fridge, and then I forget about them. And I look at them and there's mold in a couple weeks. So I've been trying to get better at this. I feel like I might have said this on the blog recently. But here's what I like to do. When you get the chipotles in adobo, it's obvious that they come like full pepper and then some sauce. I like to throw the whole thing 
in a food processor or a blender and blend it up so it's one consistent, like it's just one consistency, right? It's kind of like a chipotle pesto, if you will. And then freeze it. You can either freeze it in small ice cube trays, a little bit larger ice cube trays. You can put it in some Pyrex if you're planning on using a ton of it. But that way you can just pop out like a one by one inch cube and toss it into whatever it is you're making. Side note, I just had some leftover, like I had one chipotle and adobo that was about to go bad and I threw it in some guacamole the other day. It was amazing. The recipe is on my blog from literally 900 years ago. So if you go look at it, don't judge my photo, but oh my gosh, Chipotle guac is where it's at. So that's what I would say what to do. That way you always have some on hand. In fact, you could just go buy a couple cans of Chipotle's and Dobo and do it batch style and fill up a ton of ice cube trays. And then once they're frozen, pop them all out, put them in a Tupperware or a plastic bag and just lay them in your freezer. That way you can use the ice cube trays for preserving something else or actually making ice for cocktails or drinks or whatever it is. And you have chipotle and adobo on hand forever and ever. I always run out of that though. I need to do better about that. Until it's my own advice, I'm gonna go buy some. Hi, Gabby. This is Teresa from Ohio. Just wanted to get some insight as to how you were able to pull together your interest into this great Instagram and all the different media things that you're doing. Just was curious how that all came to be. And then I am a gadget nut in the kitchen. So just wanted to know what your top three gadgets are in the kitchen and that you feel are a must have. Thanks a lot. And I appreciate your show. Hi, Teresa. Oh my gosh. I love this question. I'm going to answer it in reverse order because I'm thinking about my gadgets and looking at my kitchen as we film this or record this. And I feel very strongly about three things. One, my microplane used to zest lemons, limes, citrus. I grate Parmesan with it. If I need really finely like chopped garlic, I do the garlic on it. It's amazing. I use it without fail every day. Two, my heavy duty garlic press. It is truly a lifesaver considering I think I eat 10 cloves of garlic on a daily basis. That's not even including Thomas's dose of garlic. Like it's just mine. When I sweat, I radiate garlic and I don't care. And then the third thing I would say is a kitchen scale. I don't use it every day, but it is very important when I'm baking and stuff like that, just to have that as an actual accurate measurement tool. They're not that expensive. I think they're like 15, 20 bucks on Amazon. There's one linked on my master list and I just love having it on hand for baking recipes, especially like cakes and stuff like that. Let's talk about the first part of your questions, how I pulled all my interests into the What's Gobby Cooking brand. So I would say it was a really slow roll. I would say for the first probably five years of What's Gobby Cooking, it was only food and recipe-based. And it really wasn't until I think probably Snapchat days a couple years ago when Surprise Vacation started and we got all these clues from my dad. For those of you who don't know what Surprise Vacation is, every year since I was nine and my sister was six, my parents take us on a surprise trip. By the way, all the parents listening, like one day when we can travel again, this is the best pro move rather than throwing your children birthday parties. So every year, instead of having a birthday party, because like somebody would always cry, like spoiler alert, it was usually me. Um, My parents would take us on a trip and we would get clues leading up to where we're going. Like, like really silly clues when we were younger and they've gotten crazier and wilder as we've gotten older and smarter. When we were talking about that and I was telling everybody the clues probably five years ago or whenever Snapchat was around, there was so much interest in it. I was like, oh, 
I should probably put this on the blog. So that's how I started to incorporate travel into my site. Then I started incorporating more entertaining into my site. And it was really just a slow roll. To, and then I started incorporating fitness in. So it's really just all the things that I'm passionate about. I think a lot of my audience is also passionate about about similar things. I think there's definitely a vibe going at What's Gobby Cooking and we all like to eat and entertain and hang with friends and see parts of the world and experience the world through different cultures and, you know, like be slightly active. So I feel very fortunate that I've been able to work all of that into my site, but I will tell you it was a slow roll and, and it takes a long time sometimes for stuff to catch on. Like When I first started talking about fitness, I was like, no one's going to care about this. But funny enough, some of my posts about fitness or like randomly skincare stuff really do well and people love it and it gets more engagement than food sometimes because I think those are all things that are really authentic to what I like. There are things that I really love and I think people can spot that. So I think that answered your question. Great question though, Teresa. That was awesome. Hi, Gabby. My name's Katie from Nashville, Tennessee. Having a recent or not so recent itch to transition careers and the career that I want to transition into is cooking. Cooking is always something that I've wanted to do. I watched Food Network for fun when I was a kid, but right now I'm already in my second career and I'm 26 years old and I'm not happy, but cooking is something that makes me super happy and doesn't stress me out. Although I'm sure having a job in cooking will bring some stress, but I think it's what I want to do and I'm just not really sure how to go about it. So if you have any advice where to start, that would be awesome. Hey, Katie. Yes, I certainly do. So cooking was not my first career either. I was business fashion-ish world for a year or two outside of college. And I, like you, just needed a change. I Well, the company I was at folded, but it also just like wasn't a healthy work environment. So it's like, I got to figure out something else. We're living through a pandemic. So I would say you got to be smart about it. Like five years ago, I would have told you to just like hop in and try something new. I think we have to be a little bit more financially savvy these days. So I'm going to come at this from two ways. One, similar to you, I watched Food Network like obsessively growing up. I can do Rachel Ray's like whole 30 minute meal intro. I would say immerse yourself in the food world 100%. Read every book you can get your hands on, every article you find online, watch people who you're entertained by and just learn everything there is to know. As far as making the actual career switch, I would be more methodical about it in today's world. I would try and find someone who's local to you where you can just maybe pick their brain via the phone or a socially distanced coffee date or something like that and ask them. For example, when I was graduating college, my career counselor at St. Mary's set me up with all sorts of people that were alums from St. Mary's living in the LA area. So I could come down here and have basically informational interviews in my city. So that way I was meeting someone that's local to where I was going to be living and hearing what they could do. And maybe they could introduce me to someone that was hiring, or maybe they were hiring. And I feel like that's probably a great way of just getting your foot in the door. I also think people might be really open to that right now because everyone is craving a little bit of social interaction via Zoom or a phone call or a socially distanced coffee date. So I would say maybe try that route. And then, and I think it's important to do like a side hustle right now. Like you still need to be able to pay your bills and your rent and afford your life unless you have a sugar daddy, which, you know, I was supposed to have one, but 
he bailed on us on Instagram, you guys. Um, I'm just kidding. That was like for sure spam. A side hustle, I think, is a great thing. Like What's Gotta Be Cooking was a side hustle for me for many years before I walked away from private chefing. And it wasn't until What's Gotta Be Cooking was making as much money as I was private chefing that I felt comfortable stepping away from a solid income to try something new. So I think those are the ways I would approach it. And also figure out what type of culinary career you want to go into. Like, yes, you want to cook, but does that mean you want to cater? Does that mean you want a private chef? Does that mean you want a food blog? Do you want to be a food stylist? Like there's so many different avenues you could take if you wanted to be in the culinary career. So that's why I think the informational interviews might be very helpful to you. I hope that was helpful. That's a great, that's very exciting though. And good for you. And who cares how many careers you have in your life? I always say just like absolutely go for it. You got to do what makes you happy because life is short, guys. Hi, Gabby. It's Kate in Annapolis, Maryland. And I have kind of um, a three-part question. And it's all about baking. Number one, my friend gave me a mason jar full of active dry yeast when all of this started. And I came home and put it in my pantry. Then I was seeing some comments on your Facebook group that said it needed to be refrigerated. So I'm panicked because I don't know if I've wasted that whole mason jar full of yeast. Second of all, measuring glass, measuring cup versus that are non-glass metal or whatever. Any help is much appreciated. Thanks so much. I look forward to receiving my cookbook tomorrow. Have a great day. Hi, Kate. Okay, so let's talk about yeast because you don't have to store it in your refrigerator. It lasts longer if you do but you're safe if it's in your pantry. And what I would do before you attempt any bread recipe or anything that requires yeast and six cups of flour, because like flour is still a hot commodity these days, I would proof your yeast. And basically that means testing it to make sure it's still alive. So you'll be able to start the fermentation process and the yeast basically needs to create bubbles of gas that cause things to rise. You don't need to do that with every kind of yeast. I think yeast that's in your pantry, you know, it's like active dry yeast and fresh active yeast. Those are the ones to do it with. Um, And basically what you do is you combine the yeast, warm water and sugar in a bowl. You can Google the measurements depending on how much yeast you're looking to proof, or you can just do a little bit and then use the rest of it and let it sit, like let it sit in a warm place. And if it starts to bubble, you're still safe and you can use it. And then afterwards I would transfer it to the fridge and just let it sit in there for as long as possible until it stops proofing or stops bubbling. This is like later down the line, you know? and then you need new yeast. But otherwise, I think you're safe. And then let's talk about measuring cups. Measuring the glass things with a handle are liquid measuring cups. And the metal ones or the ceramic ones with a with just like the regular measuring cups, those are for dry ingredients. Yes. I mean, sometimes I use the regular measuring cups for liquid. They're not going to make a huge difference. But technically, the glass ones are for liquid. And if you talk to someone who's in pastry or like a professional chef that works like in the kitchens, they're going to tell you to use those ones for their respective uses. Hi, this is Taylor from San Diego. And my daughters and I are loving the podcast and your website and your cookbooks and everything. And we just had a couple questions. My question is, what are some quick and fresh recipes that we can make as it's getting hotter here that don't require a million pots and pans and cutting boards and everything. Hi, this is Hayden. I am age nine and I have a question. What are some fun 
kids' recipes that I can do. Hi, I am Harper, and I am seven years old. Um, What are some food experiments we can do? Hi, Taylor. Hi, Hayden. Hi, Harper. You guys are so cute. Thank you for calling in. Where do we even get started? Okay, Taylor, let's start with you. We're talking about quick and easy recipes that don't require a lot of utensils. So you guys are in San Diego. I'm in LA. I think the rest of the country is also grilling up a storm right now because we're all living for a little outside time. So I would say get out that grill. You know, when you're doing steak or chicken or shrimp, or any kind of fish, like you really just need like a prep bowl or something to marinate things in. And then you throw it on the grill and that's it. Then you can slice it up, throw with any fruits or vegetables or something like that. That would be my summer, like low utensil usage recipes of choice. You know, you can also grill corn, you can grill asparagus, you can grill peaches. All those just require a drizzle of olive oil, maybe a baking sheet to prep them on. And then you transfer them onto the grill and you're done. I'll link a bunch of recipes that are minimal utensils below. Okay, Hayden, kid recipes. I think you guys should do a DIY pizza bar, which means you guys could set up your own pizza dough. You could prep out lots of different toppings. And then maybe your mom can help you roll the dough out and you can put whatever kind of sauce on. You can make your own toppings. And then you each bake your own either on the grill or in the oven. And then you can taste test your whole family's pizzas. So yours could be different from your sister's, who's different from your mom. I just feel like that would be a really fun activity activity for the fam. And Harper, food experiments. I feel like there are so many cool food experiments you could try. If you wanted to try making bread, like we talked about earlier and proofing yeast, that would be cool. Um, You could also make butter. And all you have to do is get some cream and put it in a mason jar glass and shake it, shake it, shake it, shake it, shake it for like 900 hours. I'm just kidding. It doesn't take that long. Maybe you and your sister can trade off and eventually it'll separate and you'll have homemade butter that you can just put some salt on it and it's going to be delicious. The other thing I would do is maybe you can start dyeing foods with cool with other foods like you can use blueberries and smash them up and make scones and see what color it turns the scones. Spoiler alert, it's purple and it's beautiful. (laughs) Um, But that would be really fun as well. So I think any of those would be great experiments to start with the fam. All right, guys, six questions. We've never done that before. I feel like we really learned a lot today. I know I've talked about Frog Hollow Farm before because their fruit's amazing. And I told you guys about their stone fruit boxes back when cherry season was happening and their peaches are still incredible. But I just need you to know, I got their jams, or I think maybe they call them preserves or conserves or whatever they are. They are to die for. I literally sat on my couch and ate them out of the jar with a spoon. Like who needs toast anymore? Just give me a spoon and a jar of jam. It was amazing. Their nectarine and plum was my personal favorite, but they have a blood orange strawberry. They have nectarine. They've got so much stuff. Check them out. Frog hollow. They are phenomenal. And I think they would really benefit everyone's summer. Like they would just enhance everyone's summer. All right. That's it for me today. Happy Monday. We'll be back next Monday with a very special guest. Just you wait. I'll probably tease it out on Instagram. So if you guys have any questions for her, you can ask and we will get them all answered. Talk to you guys soon. 
All right, that's it for today's Web Scobby Cooking in the Wild. Be sure to tune in for new episodes on Mondays. And if you have any questions you want answered, give us a call at 1-888-338-4429 and leave me a voicemail. Or if you know a super cool small company that you want to be highlighted, let me know in the voicemail as well. Make sure you subscribe on whatever platform you're using to listen and follow along with What's Gobby Cooking on Instagram and Twitter. And for more recipes, check out my website, whatscobbycooking.com. See you guys very soon.